Welcome to Tice Talks, where we talk all things faith and family. And today's topic, what is today's topic, Dad? Today's topic is why bad things happen to good people. I can't wait for your first, your number one point. As I, I mean, when you were discussing it earlier, you're like, well, number one. <laughs> I that's loved it. Tr- that's true. Because people do all the time ask that question. Why would why would God allow that to happen to that person? Why why if God's so good, why do bad things happen I, to I good people? I just got back from from the hospital. At the hospital there's a lady who has been a faithful church member for years and yet she's laying there in pain hmm. and agony had went through what she thought was going to be a three-hour surgery wound up being an eight-hour surgery. Hmm. And, oh. uh, you know, your heart just goes out. Yeah. And you say, wow, why, why is that happening? In my own life, and you know, in your life, in, in my life, when I was 10 years old, my, my three days before Christmas, I get a, um, uh, I got, my mom got a phone call that my dad was in heaven. And, hmm. Uh, you can try and explain that away all you want. That's 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 a bad thing. A bad thing, right? Yeah. And even and a lot of times, I mean, it's not that you were like a great kid, yeah, no, <laughs> but it's a yeah. kid. Yeah. And you had a brother and a sister who this all happened to as well. Yeah. And and a, a wife who was faithfully being with her husband and going to church and yeah. trying to live for Jesus and. This is really bad. So why, so why do bad things happen? Why why do things uh, take place? Why why is there hurting in our world? And that's what we're going to be talking about yeah. today. So, so number one, why do bad things happen to good people? Well, the answer to that question, Jesus gave an answer. They said um, uh, they came to Jesus, asking him a question one day, and he said, uh, they said, good master. And Jesus' response was, why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, and that is God. Now, that was him pointing out to the fact that they were recognizing his deity. But he makes the statement, there is none good. Hmm. Uh, the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible hmm. says, there's none righteous, no, not one. So to ask the question, why do bad things happen to good people? The answer, first answer is there are no good There's people. No good people. We're all sinners. Hmm. We've all done wrong. And we need to understand that. Hmm. And we need to understand that there are consequences for sin. Yeah. There are consequences for the things that we've done in our life. And we make choices. We choose to do wrong. Then I, I may choose to do right later on, but I'm going to have the physical and emotional consequences of the things that I've chosen in my life to do that are wrong. So number one, we could we could answer that question by saying, listen, there's no, no such thing as a good person. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And that's such a good point for people like me, for second-generation Christians and third-generation Christians who've grown up being good, and being, you know, because a lot of times a first generation Christian is like, oh, yeah, I'm really bad. <laughs> and I don't want to tell anybody about the bad that I've done. Yeah. And then there's the kids that grew up 
knowing what to do, how to act, obeying Jesus, loving Jesus. Interesting that Paul says when he's writing to the Jews in Galatians, Mm -hmm. he writes to them and he says, now, there's... These people are Gentiles. We're not sinners like the Gentiles. And he refers to the (laughs) Jewish people of his day as not Not sinners sinners like like the Gentiles. Because that he grew up in a, I wouldn't do that kind of thing. I'm not that bad kind of understanding. That's exactly right. And so when you really realize the gravity of your sin, it's something I think personally second and third generation Christians have to really understand that, yes, my sin is is worthy of damnation. Yes. My sin is not just worthy. It is, it is, it is, I am damned to hell without Jesus forgiving me of my wretched sin. And so as, as good as I think I am, I'm not as good as I think I am. Right. And uh, so, so... Just like, better than those Gentiles. Just better than those Gentiles. <laughs> but that's it. That's exactly. Isn't it interesting that he calls yeah. he calls <laughs> the word Gentile in the Greek is the same word as the word nation. It's also the same word that's translated heathens. So we're oh, all. I we're didn't all, know that. We're all heathens. <laughs> Every one of us are heathens. We don't sin like the Jews. heathens do. Yeah, the Jews didn't <laughs> sin like the heathens. The rest of us heathens do. But then when he says things like, oh, wretched man that I am. That's exactly and right. And he says, I am the chief above sinners. But that's what he understands. And because, he said, in my flesh dwelleth no yes. good thing. And it's a, it is amazing when you realize that your piety is what will keep you from heaven. The thoughts of how good you are. Yeah, that pride. That pride. And that's when you realize, whoa, I'm worse than everybody. Yeah. Because I think of myself more highly than I ought. I listened to Billy Graham today say this. uh, Just on somebody sent it on on a... on a meme or something. Mm-hmm. So so it was Billy Graham from the past, of course, saying, the closer you get to Jesus, the more you're aware of what a sinner you mm-hmm. are. And I thought, that's so good. Yeah. I, I never heard him say that. I believe that. But I, yeah. but it's when the closer you get to Jesus, the more the, the sin that's in your life it's is exposed. exposed. You get close to the yeah. light and the, and the, the spots on your shirt yeah. show up. Oh, so, that's interesting. So, so number, there's no good. That's no right. one good but God. That's right. So number two. Number one, we're all sinners. Number two, we live in a sin-filled world that mm. is in rebellion to God. Yeah. Uh, Romans 5.12 says this, when sin came into the world, death came in by sin. And so death passed as passed upon all men for that all have sinned. We, we live in a world filled with sin. And mm. even... If we don't get involved in what we would think of as heavy sin or deep sin, we're surrounded by it. And therefore, since we live in a world that's in rebellion to God, a sin-filled world, then we're going to reap the consequences. A a wonderful Christian young man that we knew personally was walking down the street, just walking down the street, in fact, Working, sold out to serving, God. sold out to the Lord, and a car comes by and smashes him and takes his life instantly. He's yeah. gone. Well, why did that happen? Was it something he did wrong? Was there something in his family? No. Hmm. He was living in the same sinful world that we live in. Yeah. 
And so the effects of a drunk driver uh, yes, are affecting of, him. Uh, affected the him. Sin of, yeah. That's exactly right. Does that mean that God's not in control? Mm. Does that mean that God couldn't have saved him from that situation? Yes. But the truth of the matter is uh, we're all sinners, number one. Number two, we live in a sinful world. Yes. We're surrounded by sinners all the time. And therefore, we're going to reap, the, we're going to not reap, but we're going to experience the consequences of, of, of that oh. sinful world. Okay. How sad that is. Uh, but, but that's where we are. So we need to understand those first two things. And then number three, the third thing, and that is that man has a free will. Um, Galatians says, be not deceived. God is not mocked whatsoever man soweth that shall he also reap. Hmm. Um, there are, there, there's a principle of sowing and reaping. Yeah. And we make cho- choices in our life. We cho- choose to do one thing, and, and later on we might choose to do something differently. My dad <clears throat> committed his life to the Lord just a year or two before I was born, got saved. But my dad, before that, smoked drank, drank, got in, was involved in all sorts of things that affected him physically. So when he got saved, all of that stuff was piled Mm. up into his body. So you would look at him and say, wow, he was a good man. I I looked at my dad and thought, he's a good man. I mean, all I can think of is good things that he did for me. I mean, uh, all of my life, um, yeah. all, until I was 10 years old, and then he went to heaven. Um, so why, in, in my mind, as a kid, I'm thinking, why did Dad, why did Dad, they take my, actually, when I was, he was 63 years old, yeah. and I was 10 years old, and I thought to myself, well, he lived to be a ripe old age. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, I mean, these are things I thought in my mind, that at least he, at least he got to live to be old. 63. Now, now, <laughs> We now won't, I, now we I'm won't 68. Talk about, yeah. Yeah, so, anyway, uh, I'm glad you've made it to a ripe old age, Dad. Yes, yeah, <laughs> a full did, life. Did I tell you what happened with the, with, with. Um, I had Ember sitting in the front seat of the car driving to church. Mm-hmm. I had Clark in the back seat of the car, and we're driving out of our housing uh, development early Monday morning. Where I'm, I'm bringing him to school, and. Um, I said, look at the, and the mountains were beautifully covered, uh, a cascade, just beautiful. Yeah. So I said, oh, I said, look at those beautiful mountains, kids. I said, my mother used to tell me that these were her mountains, that God made these mountains just for her so she could enjoy oh. the mountains. From the back seat, the five-year-old, Clark, he said, Grandpa, how long has it been since your mother passed. And I said, oh, I said it was a long time ago. Ember, the eight-year-old up front said, why did she pass? I said, oh, she just got very, very old. And, uh, and so she passed away. There was quiet for a few minutes. And then from the back seat, Clark said, grandpa, you're old. <laughs> to which Ember responded in the front seat, oh, 
Clark, don't worry about that. He's going to be, he's going to live a long time. Probably he's got at least two or three more years. <laughs> you got at least two or three more good years yeah. than your dad. Now that has nothing to do with this, but I just, that's a cute story. Anyway, two to three more years I've got according to her till prediction. You're, so you're going to. That's a long time. Pass away. That's a long time to an eight year old. <laughs> So, oh, so yep. Anyway. So good things happen to bad, or bad things happen to good people, but we're not good people. Yes, and we reap what we sow. If I if I reap if I sow something, and then I get saved, a man a man's out living a horrible life, and he cuts off his arm. His then arms, he get, then yeah. he gets saved. Mm-hmm. He's trusted Christ as his savior, and everybody that meets him after that, they say, "Oh, what a great guy! What a great yeah. guy!" Why doesn't God grow back his arm? Because that's not the way it that's works. That's not how it works. We that's reap good. what we sow in life. So if you're reaping bad fruit, it's time for you to change your seed. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Start planting some good seed. But yep. understand, even as you're planting the good seed, still the old be, seed is, is going to be, be coming up. Yep. That's really good. So fourth thing is this, that God uses trials to develop our character. In Romans chapter 5, the Bible says this, knowing that tribulation worketh patience and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. Trials and tribulations in our life are used by God to develop his character in us, hmm. and that's that's really important yeah. that we understand that. We talk about how amazing it is that Christ stood before Pilate and and just reflected the truth of hmm. God and responded to the beatings and the way he the way he responded to everything that he went through how amazing our God is well when we go through trials God uses those trials to shape us hmm. into the individuals he wants us to be now i don't like trials uh I tell people all the time, I pray that what Jesus said to pray, lead us not into trials. Yeah. Uh, and I avoid all the trials I can possibly avoid. Uh, people say, can't you learn from trials? I say, yeah, but there's other ways to learn. Yeah. <laughs> and so right. I can do that. But, <laughs> but he does use yeah. trials in our life to develop in us character. And that's his word says that. And so... Um, uh, we need to we need to realize that, and we need to be aware of that, and that leads to the very next point. Hmm. The next point is that God uses good and bad things in our life to conform us to His image. Hmm. God never says that there's not going to be bad things that happen. He right. says in Romans eight twenty eight, we know that all things, and that all things would include good things and bad things. He uses good things in our life and the bad things in our life to conform us to the image of his son. Both of these things, he, the, 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 all things working together for good doesn't mean all things are going to work together to get me what I want. My good of, yeah, of what, I get whatever. I get what I want. Yeah. It's the prosperity the, gospel. The, no. the, the good that all things are working together <laughs> to is to make me like Jesus. Hmm. I am predestinated to be conformed to the image of God. So this bad thing that comes into my life or this good thing that comes into my life, God brings them into my life and he uses all of those things to make me more like Jesus. And that's the good. And that's what I'm looking for because I want to become 
more like Jesus because my whole purpose in life is to reflect Christ. So if 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 there's a person, and I don't want to be the person that God uses this way, uh, but if there's a person in a cancer ward that wants to know Jesus, but there's nobody there in the cancer ward that knows yeah. Jesus, and God may allow me to get cancer so that I will be placed in that cancer ward next to the person who needs to see Jesus. Yes. And then he sees me responding the way Jesus would respond. And he says, what's the difference? And I get to tell that person about yeah. the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and then my purpose in life representing God is being fulfilled and all things, good and bad, are working together for good, accomplishing God's purpose. The cancer that yeah. is bad is it's, working yes. for good making me like Jesus. So you would never want cancer, but God's allowing. I have two friends who are both authors and speakers and they have used one. Um, Her husband just left her and her children. And for the last 15 years, they were on the mission field. In the last 15 years, she has just remained faithful to to Jesus. I heard her being interviewed by... Yeah, she's on on our EFW podcast. Yes. But God has used that in her life, something she never wanted and wished it wouldn't be that way, but she has used that to let God conform him, her to his image, and she has helped so many women along the way. I have another friend who is a, um, she her husband passed away, and she's been able to use that to help so many people as that have as they're going through that and of course it's not something that you want nothing that you desire but all those things do work together for good and that good is to be like Jesus one of my favorite stories to tell to pastors as they're planting churches is the garbage can story and people oh, yeah. people ask me to tell that story. <laughs> You're like it was the worst <laughs> thing of yeah. my life. <laughs> the most humiliating thing I think I ever stooped to. I'm wa- I'm walking out of of our church one day. I had announced to our church that morning. This is early on in our church. It's probably about five years old, and um, we didn't we we lived on a week by week basis, and so that week. We had by this time they have three kids if they're five years into the marriage. <laughs> so so we are. I'm, I'm walking out of our church and I had announced to the church that morning we don't have any money, and this week we have to pay salaries, which was my salary, and because that's the only salaries we had. And then number two, or and we also had to pay the rent that week, and so we needed a good offering in order to be able to do that. And so I asked. I prayed for it, asked God to supply, and and we just didn't have any food in the house to eat. We prayed, and we took the offering. There was and a, ladies, my mom is the most frugal woman you have ever you will ever meet in your life. She did not spend money on frivolous things. They never. It was not. I mean, even to this day, she is so frugal. But so if they are not her spending favorite on, place is thrifting. Yes. So Goodwill, Deseret Industries. <laughs> but that's it. It's not it's not for a lack of being careful with your money. It was We had no money to be careful with. There was with. no money. So um I tell people when we started our church, we started it from 
we didn't start it from scratch. We started it from itch because we didn't have anything to scratch. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> anyway, we um, we uh, that day we took the offering and there was enough money to pay for the rent, but there was no money to pay us. And so I'm walking out of the church and I'm thinking, where in the world? What are we doing, God? What are you doing? And as I'm walking out the last door, everybody else is gone. Uh, I'm walking out. The last door on the way out was the nursery, and I, I and I smelled something coming from the nursery. I went into the nursery. And I thought, oh, it's horrible. It smells. Somebody left all these diapers, and it was just wasn't cleaned up, and it was just, it was just, just one to, one more thing yeah. to encourage you. Yeah, and I as thought, a church God, planner. why would you let this happen? <laughs> I mean, the questions are in my. Why is this happening? And I've got my kids. I'm a good person, God. <laughs> I've got my kids that out in the good, driveway. I got my wife out there. There's no, we don't need to go anywhere because there's nothing to eat. And I thought, what am I going to do? And I'm thinking in my mind, well, I can use my gas card to go to, because uh, I did have a gas card. I could go to the Chevron, and Chevron was just starting to have these little mini marts. And I could get a couple of some milk and stuff. I'm thinking about that. How am I going to get some food for this week? So I, then on my walk outside, I think, I've got this garbage bag full of dirty diapers, and and I'm and I think and I think to myself, you know what? I can't even afford I can't even afford my own garbage can. The next door neighbor told us that we could cut a hole in the chain link fence, and I could use their garbage camp and dump our garbage in their in their dumpster. And I thought, isn't that amazing? Here I am, just serving you, and I'm holding. 30 diapers in my hand. I'm walking across the parking lot. I have to crawl through a chain link fence and I have to go to this this garbage can and use somebody else's garbage can because we can't even afford a garbage can. And um, and I'm somewhat griping to the Lord. I'm not, you know, yeah, I'm just saying, Lord, I, I, I don't know what, yeah. the, I don't know what the, what's going on. So I get out to where the garbage can is and I open the lid of the garbage and I look inside the garbage can and, I, and I'm amazed because it is three-quarters of the way filled with all sorts of shrink-wrapped meats and cheeses, like exotic, expensive cheeses and crackers and stuff. Like somebody had taken a whole display rack of stuff and just dumped it in that particular garbage can for some reason. And the stuff was still cold. Hmm. And I thought, man... Look at this food. And I went back to my wife and I said, honey, I told her what the deal was. And I always say, I, this didn't happen exactly this way, but I always say, I said to my wife, what do I do? She looked and she said, you get in the garbage can, I'll get in the car. And we, But we backed <laughs> that thing up to the garbage can and we unloaded it and filled the trunk of the car up with that stuff, took it home, put it in the freezer, and uh, we we... We had that for months. We had some of that stuff for months, and people would come by, and we'd we'd say they'd say, "Where did you? How did you afford this stuff?" And I'd say, "Well, just God bless." And uh, and we would. You're eating the trash yeah. tonight. <laughs> you, so, you better time next week. <laughs> but God has used that. God has used that uh, story to be a blessing to yeah. all sorts of church planners. Oh so yeah. God uses bad things in our lives to conform us to His image. So number six. Number six, afflictions always allow me to become empathetic hmm. towards others. Uh, Second Corinthians says it this way. It says that 
I can't remember exactly how it says it, but the idea is that it makes it clear that I'm able to comfort others effectively when I've experienced God's comfort in my life hmm. during times yeah. of trouble. Uh, there's there is a there is a empathy that comes when somebody comes and says and tells me something they've gone through, and I say, "Oh, man, I feel for you." So affliction allows me to have that empathetic heart towards other people. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it talks about, I've spoken on this because it talks, it basically, you get to comfort the person the same way that God comfort, comforted That's right. you. That's exactly. So you get to show that person God. Yeah. I mean, that that blows my mind yeah. that when you get to be the image bearer to what you're doing, what you're, you know, we talk about it, oh, we represent God, but you really are coming alongside somebody and doing the work that God's that God would do, and it's just it's so neat. So I was at a wedding reception uh, at our church. We had a, this the wedding, and then the reception afterwards. Everybody was back in the back in the reception. I walked back out to the foyer to see something. There's a kid sitting on the couch in the foyer of the church, and just looking down. And I said, "Hey," I said, uh, "What's your name?" And he told me. I said, "Are, are you with your?" Uh, he was about 12 years old. He said. I said, are you with are your mom and dad back here? And he said, my dad's dead. Hmm. Just looked at me just like that and said, I said, oh, I'm sorry. I, I sat down with him. I said, I said, when did he die? And he told me, I said, you know, I was 10 years old when my dad died. Hmm. And all of a sudden, he's my best friend. Yeah. And now he's open and we're talking. And I was able to, I was able to comfort him the with the same comfort that I've been comforted with. Wow. So. Yeah. Here's a couple. We have, we're running out Two of time. More, right? So number right. number seven, trials keep me dependent upon God. Hmm. Paul said this. He, uh, I'm sorry, David said this. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I have kept huh. Thy word. Wow, isn't it? That's isn't <laughs> yeah. an amazing statement. Wow. Yep. And Paul said when it, about his thorn in the flesh, he said, when when he said three times, he asked God, take this away, and God said, no, my grace is sufficient. And he said, oh, I'll gladly therefore. Mm. I'll gladly, therefore, uh, glory in my afflictions. I, I, I'd rather do that. If I can have the grace of God, I'll, I'll take it. I love what you said about David. I never heard that before. Oh, that's, is that right? Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. That's great. So number eight? That's, that's Psalm 119, verse 67. Okay. And then number eight, through afflictions, I experience the grace of God. And that's what Paul said. Paul mm. said, hey, would you take this thing away? And God said, no, my grace is sufficient for you. So just trust him. So we have a great, perfect, holy, wonderful God. He allows us to suffer affliction because we live in this world, because we're surrounded by sinners, because we're sinners ourselves. But he is there to give us his grace in time of need. What you just said, um, you get to experience the grace of God. Um, A while ago, I learned that, you know, we have God's grace, and a lot of times we don't experience it, and it's our fault. We're not willing to go through the trial the way God wants us to, and so we don't just like we have his mercy. He says, you know, my grace is sufficient for you, so go ahead and experience my grace. Yes. Don't, don't, don't shun me. Don't, and, and when, we, when we experience his grace, that's what I— so now when ladies call me and they're going through some hard times, 
that's what I pray for them, that they will experience the grace that God's already given him, given them, that they'll experience the mercy that he's already given them. He's already given that to us, but we get to choose whether we're going to experience it or not. So yeah. that's so good. Dad, thank you so much for going over these these points. Um, to those who are listening, if you say, hey, you know, I'd really like the notes on this or I'm really interested and being able to see the passages. Uh, Dr. Tice actually has made this into a blog post, and we'll be sharing this on the day that it drops as well. So you can go to davidtice.com, and you'll be able to see this blog post. You can print it out yourself and use it as a resource. So please be be sure to like and share both the um, blog and the podcast. Um, As a favor to us, it really helps us to get into people's feeds and just helps us to get higher on the algorithm so people see it. If you could rate and like our podcast on whatever podcast um, host you are listening to, that's a real help to us. So if you could take, as a favor, you you take a few minutes and just give us a five-star rating, that'd be a great help. So thank you so much for listening. And just remember, this is Tice Talks. And it's more than a conversation.